This is the Retirement Detective Podcast, where we dive into cases with Philip Mock, chartered financial analyst and certified financial planner professional, to solve common retirement and financial planning questions. Get insight into how to solve quandaries that appear on the path to and through retirement, ideas on how to approach savings and investing for retirement, and how to plan for retirement in a tax-efficient manner. Now, here's your host and lead retirement detective, Philip Mock. Hi, everyone. It's Philip Mock with the Retirement Detective Podcast. Welcome to the show today. In today's episode, we're going to talk about correlation and set up the first of what will probably be a two or three part series on liquid alternative investments. Alternatives are a popular investment asset class, but one that is easily misunderstood and somewhat confusing, can have high fees. We're going to talk about those in some upcoming episodes. But in order to understand why those might belong in a portfolio, and actually why you would have different asset classes in a portfolio at all, you need to understand a few prerequisite items. And the first one we're going to cover in today's episode, and that's the concept of correlation. Correlation is a statistics measure. You may remember from your undergraduate or graduate statistics course in college, correlation basically measures the strength of a relationship between two variables in a linear format. And we're going to walk through all of that today. We'll keep the podcast short today because we are going to be a little nerdy today looking at some statistics but it's really necessary to set up where we're going with the next few episodes. So correlation is basically a a way to measure how related two sets of data are or two variables are. So you can think of any two things that have a numeric value and you could decide if they are correlated or not. A correlation coefficient is one measure of understanding that number and that relationship and we'll walk through how to understand that. But let's use some general discussion to walk through what correlation is and then we'll set up why that matters for a portfolio. Why would you want to have correlated assets or assets that are not correlated inside of a portfolio. So first, let's just talk about some data. So I want to set up an example that actually I got this example from a friend of mine recently and I thought it was very well done. So I'm going to use it here. So an example of something with perfect correlation would be the cost to drive 100 miles in a 20 mile per gallon car on a straight, perfectly flat highway. If gas is $2, it's going to cost you $10 to drive 100 miles in a 20 mile per gallon car. If gas is $3 per gallon, it's going to cost you $15 to drive 100 miles in a 20 mile per gallon car, etc., etc. So if you were to graph this, 
with the total cost on the left and the price per gallon of gas underneath, you would see that the cost to drive 100 miles per 100 miles in a 20 miles per gallon car steadily increases in a straight line upward and to the right as the price of gas goes up. Now, that's an example of something that's basically perfectly correlated. The amount of gas that this vehicle uses is constant. So as you move the price of gas up, the amount you use is the same. So the amount that you'd spend in total goes up equivalently. Now, something that's completely uncorrelated in his example here is the shoe size of men and the number of movies they watched in the year 2022. So these are two variables that honestly have nothing to do with each other. The size of someone's shoes has no bearing on the number of movies that they've watched in a particular year. Some people like movies, some people don't. Not everyone that likes movies has big feet, and not everyone that likes movies has small feet. The size of the shoe has no impact whatsoever. When we're looking at data, we often find that reality is somewhere in the middle. So sometimes two variables can be sort of correlated but not perfectly correlated, or may appear to be very correlated. One correlation issue to be on the lookout for is something called a spurious correlation. And spurious correlations are when two variables on paper appear to be correlated, but in reality, they are not. And this brings up an important thing to be able to distinguish, that correlation is not the same as causation. Two things may be highly correlated mathematically, but have so little to do with each other that it's evident that there is no causation to be the reason that these two things are correlated. It's just coincidence or happenstance. For instance, in the summer, during the hot months, sales of ice cream increase. Also, in the hot months, homicides typically increase. This, on paper, might lead you to believe that people that eat more ice cream commit more homicides, or that people that commit homicides tend to eat a lot of ice cream, and neither is actually true. What is true is that there's a common causation between those two variables that make them both go up in the summer, and that's the heat. People get more irritable in the hot months, and also people want to cool down in the hot months and have a nice cold snack like ice cream. But there is no direct relationship between homicides and ice cream sales other than they both go up in the summer, which on paper makes them look correlated. But we know that that's really not true. There's no causation between those two. That's an example of a spurious correlation. Now, when we're looking at correlations and we've already eliminated the possibility that what we're looking at is a spurious correlation, we're often looking at something called the correlation coefficient. And here's how we interpret it. What you need to know is that you can have a perfectly positive correlation, like our 
miles per gallon example, you can have a positive linear relationship, which is where things are positively correlated but not perfectly. You can have a correlation coefficient of zero, which means no relationship whatsoever, like our example with shoe size and number of movies watched. You can have a negative linear relationship, and you can have a perfectly negative correlation. So a perfectly positive correlation is like our example we had a few minutes ago, and in the miles per gallon example, exactly as the one went up by a certain amount, the other variable went up in perfect matching. They were perfectly correlated. Now, something that's less than perfectly positive correlation would still, on a graph, appear to be moving upward and going to the right, but instead of a straight line, the data points are gonna be a little more jagged. Zero correlation on a graph would look like just a bunch of random dots. You couldn't find a line to draw between them that made sense if you tried. A negative correlation that's not perfect is gonna be downward sloping to the right. And, and what that would mean is that as one variable grows, the other variable shrinks. And a perfectly negative correlation would be a straight line downward to the right. Exactly as one variable grows, the other variable shrinks in proportion every single time. So why does all of this matter for your portfolio? Well, as it turns out, different assets and different asset classes have different correlations with each other. An example of two assets that might be very correlated. I don't want to name a specific company, but imagine two really large, massive oil companies. When the price of one moves, there's probably a pretty good chance that the price of the other moves as well, because all of the extraneous economic and market fundamentals that would affect one oil company will probably also impact the other oil company, but not perfectly because one company might lose its CEO. The other company might have an oil spill. So you could have isolated incidents that cause them to not be perfectly correlated, but there's probably a very high correlation in stock price movements between these two companies. You can also have zero correlation between two companies if they do something that is completely like you could not imagine how you could find a relationship between these two companies. So like, for example, let's say you have a publicly traded accounting firm and a company that produces baseball bats. I cannot sit here and think of a way that these two stock prices for these companies would be related much at all. Then you can have two stocks or asset classes that are negative cor negatively correlated. So for an example on that, let's go back to we have an oil company, but instead of another oil company, this time we have an airline. As the price of oil goes up, the oil company is likely to be more profitable. But for an airline company, the price of oil makes the price of gas and jet fuel rise. And for them, it's unprofitable. So they're likely to decrease and vice versa. When oil prices go down, that might make the airline more profitable and the oil company less profitable. 
So that would be an example of two companies that are probably negatively correlated. Same with asset classes. And this is really where we're going to focus in our upcoming episodes. When you look at the major asset classes, stock, fixed income, cash, and alternatives, the reason we build portfolios with these different things is because we don't want to put all of our eggs in one basket. Also, some of these different asset classes serve as risk reduction tools. They can make the portfolio movements less. And a third reason we build portfolios out of different asset classes is because they're not perfectly correlated with each other. There are advantages, which we will discuss in future episodes, on why it is advantageous to put assets and asset classes together in portfolios that are not perfectly correlated and are even perhaps negatively correlated. When you put these together in a portfolio, you get some degree of volatility reduction and, if done correctly, maybe not the same degree of return reduction. The goal of building a portfolio out of multiple asset classes is to do so in a way where you can still accomplish your return objectives, but with less risk and less volatility. One of the common ways to do that is by adding fixed income, but another common way to do that is through adding alternatives. But not all alternatives are created equally, and that's why we're gonna have several episodes to walk through that. For our next episode, I will go into more detail on how having asset classes in portfolios with different correlations can benefit investors. And then we'll begin talking about liquid alternatives and how they can accomplish these sorts of objectives. But I think we've had enough of a statistics lesson for today. Correlation, recall, is basically a way to measure the relationship between two variables. That's all it is. And you do usually need some sort of software or something to figure that out on your own, but it is also heavily published when you're talking about asset classes. You can find this information and we'll walk through that in our next episode. While I normally wish my listeners the phrase, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I don't know if I can say that today since we talked about statistics, but I certainly hope you learned something today. And while today's episode I know is not the most exciting, it does set us up with a good foundation to walk into our next episode where we'll talk deeper about building portfolios with assets that are not perfectly correlated and how alternative investments and fixed income can be ways to build those out. We'll talk to you next week. This recording strictly is for informational, educational, and entertainment purposes only and should not be considered investment advice. Opinions expressed are as of the date of recording. Such opinions are subject to change. The views and opinions of guests on this program are not necessarily those of the Retirement Detective Podcast. The Retirement Detective Podcast is not affiliated with any guest or his or her business affiliates unless otherwise stated. The Retirement Detective Podcast does not guarantee the accuracy or the completeness of the data presented herein. The Retirement Detective Podcast shall not be responsible 
for any trading decisions, damages, or other losses resulting from or related to the information, data analysis, or opinions, or their use. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. All investments are subject to investment risk, including possible loss of principal. Individuals should seriously consider if an investment is suitable for them by referencing their own financial position, investment objectives, and risk profile before making any investment decisions. This podcast is not a solicitation to purchase or sell securities or a solicitation for advisory services. This podcast is not engaged in rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services, and nothing in this podcast should be relied upon as rendering legal, financial, accounting, or other professional services. Philip Mock is not a detective or law enforcement officer, and any reference to such is for entertainment purposes only.